Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. We've been having a conversation this morning about the latest comments made by gubernatorial candidate Kerry Lake. And uh, Matt Salmon was on this morning. There is a narrative that's brewing within the Republican Party, which I still think because we're such a political animal, people have such strong political opinions. But there's a few things that I think are evident to me. Number one is people are disenfranchised or I I would say disenchanted with the political parties because we have such a huge growth in independent voters in Arizona. And I don't believe that means that they compromise on their principles or their political opinions. They could be right-leaning independents, left-leaning independents, everything in between. But what they are not anymore are party loyalists. And in the past, and you stay, they still come out, but people pay less attention to them. Uh, they call them the golden ticket in the Republican Party where they put out a slate and they say, here are the candidates you should vote for. And it's straight down ticket. Republican. And there are many people in the past that would do that. We are seeing more and more people register as independent because A, they want to choose which primary they're going to vote in, and B, they want to vote with their conscience and they don't want to be put into a box and said, well, you're a D, which means you're going to get all the Democrat stuff or I'm an R and you're going to get all the Republican stuff. I want to be an independent and I'm going to vote for who I think is best. There is a movement of that around the country. Maricopa County, the voter registration, number one, independent, then by a very close margin, number two, Republican. And then further down, number three, Democrat. That's the demographics in Maricopa County. That being said, with a lot more – and I say a lot more – there are more Republican registered voters in Maricopa County than Democrat. And once again, what we're looking at in the map is that Katie Hobbs, the Democrat, won Maricopa County. That means independents leaned Democrat this time around. But that's not what they did in every race. If you look in the other statewide race, it's very interesting. Tom Horn, a Republican. And when you talk about how things measure out, um, it is it is viewed by most people that when it comes to national security or, or public safety or the economy, Republicans get the nod for being better at it than Democrats usually. Nothing's 100 percent. Usually that's how it goes. On the other side of it, social issues and education are Democrat issues. Doesn't mean it always goes that way. And here you have at a time in this mixed bag of what our elections are telling us, Tom Horn, a Republican, not only won the job of superintendent of public schools, he did it against an incumbent Democrat. That says a lot about the direction and independent voters and wanting to see a new direction when it comes to education in Arizona. So uh, that's just the groundwork in my mind. That's how I see this mixed bag of the statewide elections in Arizona. What's interesting now is it has built this conversation, and I'm not going to play all of these people, but we had Karen Taylor Robeson on the show earlier this week talking about this. She put out an emphatic statement calling the Republican chairwoman Kelly Ward, Dr. Kelly Ward, a complete failure, an unmitigated disaster. We uh, on Gatos and Chad, they have frequently have on former Governor Jan Brewer. She was on with them and said exactly the same thing. It's been a disaster. She couldn't win her own elections. Now we've lost all of these elections. Matt Salmon came on the show and said he never thought he'd see the day that the um, Republicans would be here. As he said, we we haven't had two Democratic senators in Arizona since the Truman administration. 
So these are days where they believe that the Republican Party is at its lowest point. That's what he said on the show today. And the direction we need to go is in a different direction. So there are a couple of things that we have to wrestle with. If you believe that once again, the 2022 election was stolen, then we've got to address that or you have to address it. There has to be proof. Now, I'm all for an investigation. I always am. I'm, I think that we should be transparent in many, many ways. There are going to be questions about how Maricopa County ran the election because of the problems they had with the printers on Election Day. And they're going to have to answer for that. What happened? Why did it happen? All those questions are honest, fair questions. When I've talked to people at the county, they're asking those questions. They understand and they haven't been hiding from it. I will say the chairman, Bill Gates, has done a good job of standing in front of the public and explaining what's happening on multiple occasions to try to stop some of the the division. It's not hiding from it. You can never over explain in a crisis. You can never there is no such thing as too, inform- too much information in a crisis, and I think they've handled it well in that regard. Where I draw the line in my mind, and other people do other things, but in my mind where I draw the line is when there are good people that I know are good people of character, hold them accountable for mistakes, but the accusation of cheating is different. And that's where I want to find out, are we hearing from, uh, from Carrie Lake, is she accusing people of cheating? There's a difference between saying we disenfranchise voters that would have gone my way and I probably would have won this election if that hadn't happened that's one thing it's different to say it was done intentionally Uh, I talked about the Saints-Rams game uh, earlier that uh, a couple of seasons ago, there was such a horrific non-call in the NFL where there was a blatant pass interference penalty that was not called that cost the Saints a trip to the Super Bowl and it was true. They would have gone had it not been for that call. It couldn't be reversed. It was the way that it is, and they had to move on. But there was a difference between those referees, that that um, all of those referees missing that call, or was it done intentionally? If it was done intentionally, if one of those referees was paid off or one of those referees was betting on a game, if that were the case, that's criminal. There's a big difference. So I want you to hear... Um, uh, just a little bit. This is from the video that was released by Carrie Lake earlier this morning. I am still in this fight with you. For two years, I've been sounding the alarm about our broken election system here in Arizona. And this past week has confirmed everything we've been saying. So is that uh, again? That's speculation to a certain degree, but is she right? One of the things she talked about was the voting machines. When we called for Katie Hobbs to recuse herself over a year ago, they ridiculed us. It turns out we were right. The fox was guarding the hen house, and because of that, voters have been disenfranchised. When we raised concerns, and I filed a lawsuit months ago to get rid of the electronic voting machines, they said we were crazy. Well, it turns out we were right. Okay, so a couple of things about that. Let's break that down. Uh, we were right. The hen was gar- the the fox was guarding the hen house. Um, are you saying that if Katie Hobbs had recused herself, you would have won the re- the election? Are you accusing Katie Hobbs of cheating? That is a fair question. There is a difference between mistakes and accusing someone of cheating. About the voting machines, are you saying that because the tabulation machines weren't working at that time, because when you filed the lawsuit, when that lawsuit was filed by a few people, they were saying that the tabulation machines were subject to being changed, that they could be tampered with? 
Are you saying that the tabulation machines were tampered with and were counting wrong? Or are you saying because of the printer error, more people weren't allowed to vote that would have gone your way? Those are two different things. We're talking about a mistake that was made versus an intentional act. And this is this this is the part for me that we have to worry about. This is going to be another one of those fights. There are going to be people in Arizona that believe this was done intentionally, and you're never going to change their minds. But if this movement, if this continues, and I'm, I, this isn't a scare tactic, it's just an observation. You either have to come forward, and I think that's why I think the investigation, the county needs to investigate thoroughly as to what happened to their machines, and they've got to lay out every piece of evidence, what happened with those printers, so that everybody can reasonably see it when they certify these elections. But when the questions need to be answered, if you do your investigation, which I am not begrudging, Kerry Lake, personally, I mean, I mean, I don't have any say in it other than my personal feelings. In no way, shape, manner, or form am I begrudging her an investigation, but then you have to lay out what proof you have. It cannot end with speculation. If it ends with speculation without proof, that's all it is. And we're going to have 2020 all over again. We're going to roll into 2024 with the same thing ending and ending the same way as 2022. There's no doubt in my mind. So I'm anxious to see how it plays out. If you're new to the show, we appreciate you listening for a while. We are going to do something called Did You Hear This? It's a segment of the show where we very quickly get you caught up on the biggest news stories. And it happens here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, let's sprint through the headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Former Congressman Matt Salmon talked to you today about what he thinks the Arizona Republican Party needs. We need leaders that are willing to stand up and say, you know what, we want all comers in the Republican Party. We need everybody to believe that they have a home in the Republican Party. What do you think is the best way to unite the party? I think that that's one of them is you got to have a leader that is uh, uh, that is welcoming. I, I, I Listen, I appreciate activism. I respect it, even if I don't disagree with it. But I appreciate activism. If you're willing to stand up for what you believe in, and you are willing to shout it from the rooftops and take the arrows that come along with it, that's terrific. But when you take the job of the party chair, your job is to make anybody with an R next to their name feel welcome. That is how you get a big tent party. That is how you gather up a team. That is the job of the party chairman. Two things, voter registration and raising money. And the way you do that is with a big tent. That doesn't mean you always agree. That doesn't mean you walk away from your principles. It means if you're going to take on the role of the party chair, you You have to make everyone in the party feel welcome, and that is what new leadership should be focused on. GOP nominee for Governor Carrie Lake released a video on Twitter regarding her concerns with the election. When we called for Katie Hobbs to recuse herself over a year ago, they ridiculed us. It turns out we were right. The fox was guarding the hen house, and because of that, voters have been disenfranchised. Do you believe that Secretary Hobbs' decision led to voter disenfranchisement? I, I don't. I, I don't, because this was a county issue. This was not the Secretary of State's issue. These were election officials who were running the machines for the county. They oversaw this. This was not a statewide problem. This was limited to one county. That's why this happened to be the 
mistakes were made by the people in Maricopa County, whatever they were. If it turns out to be a mistake or intentional is what the investigation is going to tell. But in this case, I don't know that the Secretary of State had any hand in this. This was being handled by – this is why Bill Gates, the head of the County Board of Supervisors, is the front person on this along with the Elections Department and Stephen Richard and not the Secretary of State's office. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the headlines. A new survey shows who Republican voters are looking to as their nominee in 2024. New poll from YouGov America asked Republicans who they would rather see as the Republican nominee for president in 2024. DeSantis beating out Trump 42% to 35%. Do you think these same types of survey numbers could hold until 2024? No, I think we're going to see huge fluctuations. When other people jump into the race, it's going to pull votes in one direction or another within the party, which also, this is a snapshot of where we are. You have to remember that President Trump was very, very vocal in the nominees and the candidates that he stood behind, and we saw many of them. Now, many of them won, but some key losses happened. The Republicans didn't take over the Senate. It's still a 50-50 split. If Herschel Walker wins, if not, it'll be 51-49. They barely took over the House of Representatives, and then a lot of statewide candidates across the country, including Arizona, that were Trump-endorsed are having a very difficult time winning. So with that happening, you're going to see many people down on the person that endorsed them. But it will change. I mean, it's got Cuba two years and millions and millions of dollars to be spent before we find out who it's going to be. But this is a snapshot about the displeasure of the midterms with DeSantis winning by 20 points in his race and Trump endorsed candidates having a tough time getting elected. So that's what you're seeing. CEO of KB Advisory Group, Kristen Benz, talked to you about why Walmart is showing huge profits lately. Their main business model is what we call everyday low pricing, right? They use that all the time. Save money, live better is their motto. So when things get tight or tough, as they have been, a lot of consumers will flock to Walmart to stretch their buck. Will we continue to see this consumer trend? Yeah, I think so. And she went on to say later on that she believes that because we are still seeing inflation, although it's slowed down quite a bit, that she believes the Fed, this is all now, again, she's a predictor. She doesn't know this for sure, but it's what she's seeing, that we are going to see the Fed raise interest rates again by 50 points. And if that happens, then she believes it will push us further into recession. When that happens, places like Walmart continue to do very, very well. With the holidays being here, I think people are looking for the bargains, and I think they're going to continue this role that they're on. Great job, Julia. That is Did You Hear This Again for another day. We'll do it for the final time this week coming up in a few moments. We're going to continue down that train about the U.S. economy and let you hear more from retail analyst Kristen Bentz because it's not just what's happening but what it means to you. Well, to a lot of people out there, what do you care what the, the Walmart stock and profits are or whatever or, tra- or Target or anything else? But the conversation about why these companies are going in the direction they are tells the story of where these companies believe the American economy is going. That's how they grew to the size they are. That's why they are the juggernauts that they are. That's why they have the profitability they do, predicting what's happening and adapting to it before it happens. So we'll talk about the economy in that term, in those terms next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Throwback Thursday for you. Pretty sure 
if you know this song and this band, your back hurts. I'm just, you're, you're at that age. Let's just put it that way. Your back is sore. Um, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time. I want to talk about the economy um, from a realistic perspective. And I've been getting messages from people all morning. And it, it, it impacts us in such, we are all cogs in a wheel. We are all pieces of the same puzzle. And they all act together. And I've been very critical of this administration and its assault on the fossil fuel industry. I still believe and I strongly believe more and more every single day that the number one issue for this administration, everything flows out of their belief that climate change is the number one issue that this country and the world is facing. And they prove it and they prove it and they prove it all over again. The fossil fuel industry is still thriving and is still necessary, and they keep talking about their record profits. But what is interesting, and this is where I will um, debate with a lot of people, I do find it fascinating. There's a reason why I'm going here with the economy. Uh, I I do find it interesting that the same president, the same White House, the same administration that very kindly and gently and uh, humbly went to the UAE, to the Saudi Arabians, to the Iranians. Uh, to the uh, Venezuelans and ask them very kindly and very nicely if they would please increase their production of oil. Some of them said no. Others didn't even return the call. But then with the American oil companies, it's demand, it's threatened, it's demonize. There, there's something there about your ideology and your belief system when you look at that. It's, it's not as if the president of the United States is standing up and screaming that OPEC and record profits and demon. No, what they did was they said what OPEC is doing is wrong after they decided they were going to reduce production by two million barrels a day. But what they've done is they have been very kind and diplomatic when dealing with other countries. Is it their belief that they can control the oil industry in America? And they can't control it internationally. I can't answer that question. But I do find it interesting that they handle the American oil companies one way and they hire the OPEC nations a different way. And what they've done is they have demonized everything about the oil companies, the, I should say, fossil fuel industry in America. Um, It's ruining the planet. You can't drill onshore. You can't drill offshore. No more drilling. The president said it many, many times. Then they deny that it's happening. But he says it to groups all the time. No more drilling. I'm not in favor of drilling. No more drilling. Then he wants to increase production. We understand that one of the keys to me in this economy is fuel prices. It was the trigger that triggered the majority of what we're seeing with price increases when it comes to necessities. I just got a text message or I should say a social media message from a friend who is a farmer and a rancher right here in the valley. And I think, again, I was a, I, I, ro- I was going to rodeos when I was younger. I was announcing rodeos. I was getting on some bulls. I'm not a cowboy. I, a matter of fact, unless I'm going to an event where I'm in an arena where I have to wear the cowboy hat, I don't wear the cowboy hat anymore. I think a cowboy hat to me is the same as a policeman's badge. If you're a cop, you're entitled to that badge. I'm not. I'm not a cop. So I, that cowboy hat to me is a prestigious thing. And the men and women that are farmers and ranchers have earned my respect because of the relentless hard work that they do. We eat because they work. And so it is more expensive to grow it and because water is at such a premium now. It is more expensive to, to, uh, to get the crops out of the ground, to harvest, and it's harder to get it to market because it's so expensive with the cost of diesel fuel. There are a reason why diesel fuel is so much more expensive when gas prices 
have come down. What is it, a 14% increase overall year over year, what we're seeing in gas prices? It's 50% in diesel and climbing because of the shortage of diesel fuel. That is a refining issue. Part of it is the heavy oil that we get from the region where Russia is. There's no doubt about that. That price has gone up. But it's also a refining issue. It's a supply issue because the United States of America is no longer capable of producing enough diesel fuel to get it to market so that people can use it. So here I am talking with a rancher this morning that's got thousands of acres to farm and thousands of heads head of cattle. And they are being limited on the amount of diesel fuel they can get, even if they're willing to spend these crazy prices for it. Well, you know, it's, it, this is supply chain 101. If they can't grow it and they can't ship it, you can't eat it. So when there's less of it in supply, it costs you more. It's already costing them more to produce it, whether it's cattle and, and meat or it's the vegetables that they grow. It's costing them more to grow it, and it's costing them more to ship it. So it's already going to be more expensive for you. When it's in shorter supply, there's a premium on it, and it gets more expensive. Thanksgiving is 20% more expensive for people. Turkeys were $10 last year. Now they're 20 There is a reason why this is happening. And it all goes back to this assault on fossil fuels, not solely, but in huge parts. That's the part that this president can control. They continue to say that, you know, all the prices of oil are controlled in the international market. That's true. You can't control what OPEC does. You've proven that. You went and asked them to up production. They said they're lowering production. They're not going to change what they're doing, but you're not changing what you're doing either. We continue to go after the oil companies both within in, uh, the public opinion, demonizing them and talking about obscene profits and everything else. There's no doubt they are making billions of dollars in the fossil fuel industry. But you are the one that is talking about obscene profits when the story came out just a couple of days ago that the federal government has taken more money into the United States Treasury in the month of October than it ever has. Than it ever has. So where are the obscene profits stopping in the federal government? The answer is they are not. They are still talking about tax increases. 87,000 new IRS agents. So there's hypocrisy there. But it is the idea that there is evil in the fossil fuel industries, whether it's fracking or it's coal or it's drilling. And they have put limits and restrictions and regulations on the industry, and it has it has suffocated a big chunk of the industry. It's why we're not producing oil like we used to. It's why we're not refining gasoline or diesel fuel like we used to. And it's why it's in short supply on the diesel side. Farmers and ranchers and truckers and anybody that uses diesel-powered vehicles to get the job done are suffering for it. And they're going to pass that expense on to the American consumer. So you may agree with the climate policy of the Biden administration. You have a right to agree with it. I don't, but you do. I would never demonize someone for that. But if you are not willing to admit that the reason why or one of the significant reasons why we are paying so much more for the necessities in food and fuel, and I'll go even further, what's going to happen now, Buffalo is supposed to get four feet of snow. You are going to see the places where it snows pay an exorbitant amount of money for heating oil. The real choices for families where it gets blistering cold and some of those places are here in Arizona is you are going to have to choose between full bellies or warm homes. Are you going to be warm and hungry or are you going to be cold and full? And that's a shame. And if you believe that it has nothing to do or it doesn't have a significant uh, impact with the policies of this administration, I, I absolutely disagree with you. 
And that's where this change could happen. This is where the big difference with the, the administration is from my perspective. I never expect to change the president's goals on anything. I would never presume to do that. I disagree with what they are, but he was elected president. What the To the victor go the spoils. But when you see what's happening to the American people and you have the ability to help in some way, one of the ways would be to back off and help help the oil companies in America succeed. You won't do it because it goes against your climate change principles. There's no doubt in anyone's mind. The number one issue in the mind of this administration is climate change. That's the number one issue, and they've proven it day in and day out, and the American public is paying for it. And we just have to reconcile that. Uh, Coming up, your opportunity to help. Uh, I want to talk further about the economy, the needs that are out there, and your opportunity to help people. It's all coming up next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, the uh, the five C's of Arizona. In the early days of Arizona, the five C's were the key to the Arizona economy. Copper, cattle, cotton, citrus, and climate. Copper, cattle, cotton, citrus, climate. Three of the five have to do with agriculture. Three of the five. I would add a sixth one. Now I'd say chips because now we have the chip industry coming to Arizona. But the five C's, three of the five C's are in the agriculture industry. They are getting hammered by cost with water and the restrictions of water usage. They're getting hammered by high prices. The reason why I started with this, and I'm going to end with how we can help on a positive note, is that many of us are still in a position where we can give. I had a, a friend of mine named Frank come down to the station yesterday, and he dropped off a check for 100 bucks for St. Mary's Food Bank. That's very kind. I'm going to make sure that they get that. Right now, St. Mary's Food Bank, I think yesterday they had 1,500 people show up. Um, and uh, for emergency food boxes, the increase the week of Thanksgiving, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they serve in that three day period normally, normally around 10,000 families providing meals, 10,000. Who knows what that need is going to be this year? So I want to give you a couple of ways to help, because if you're in a position to help in any way, um, you can you make a donation at St. Mary's Food Bank. You can go on their website. You can donate money. It's very easy to do. I've done it just this week. So many of you have jumped in and helped, and thank you for that. The other way you can do it is if you live up in the northeast part of Phoenix, uh, Desert Horizon Precinct, the Phoenix Police Department has made a commitment. They want to raise, uh, they want to get 1,500 turkeys to donate. You can go to the Desert Horizon Precinct if it's near you, and you can go there and drop your turkey off at Desert Horizon Precinct. Thank them for the hard work they do as police officers and help out St. Mary's Food Bank. Or this weekend on Saturday, they are going to have their Super Saturday going on at Safeway and Albertson stores across the valley. While you're out grocery shopping, if you're at one of those locations where you see the drop-off location is, you can donate. I believe you can donate money, but you can definitely buy some non-perishable food items or turkey and make that part of your donation for Super Saturday. I want to be a part of solutions like many of you do. If you are in a position where you cannot help, you should not feel guilty about that. You should, But if you can, this is the time for intentional giving. We know people are hurting. It is... Um, it is so sad to see people that are hurting. And I there's a, I have a soft spot for, you know, the old song, my heroes have always been cowboys. That's the truth. I will tell you that the cowboys that I know, the people that I went to rodeos with and I've grown up around here in Arizona that took me in and taught me so many things about the rodeo business and taught me so much just about the farmers and ranchers that I've met throughout the years. And 
they are just as solid as you would imagine they are. They are still the American cowboy is still the symbol of America. And they work their tails off in an industry providing the food that we eat. The cattle and the vegetables that we eat are provided by the hardworking families that do this across Arizona. Some of them will not produce crops next year. Some of them will not be producing anything because of water restrictions. Others are going to suffer mightily because of the expense of getting the restricted diesel fuel that is needed for harvesting and for growing these things, whether it's the cattle or the of the food wheat, the vegetables. So if you're in a position, this is how the community comes together and we get through things together. I don't know how far short they were at the beginning of the week. They were like 8,000 turkeys short just at St. Mary's Food Bank. Now, I know that there are people raising money and awareness for the people at the United Food Bank in the East Valley. If you're in the East Valley and you don't want to come all the way into Phoenix to St. Mary's, the United Food Bank is, a, is an amazing organization. St. Vincent de Paul, there are, there are pantries and, and organizations that are doing God's work and helping families enjoy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and have a full meal together with the people they love like you and I are going to be able to do. So if you're in a position to give, stmarysfoodbank.org, that's S-T, marysfoodbank.org. You can donate online. Um, you can, 20 bucks buys a turkey, by the way, this weekend for Super Saturday at Albertsons or, or Safeway stores around the valley. Or if you live in Northeast Phoenix, go into the Desert Horizon Precinct and drop off a turkey. The cool thing about that is you can meet the men and women that serve as police officers that are working in the precinct and just thank them for the hard work and jumping on board trying to get 1500 turkeys to help st mary's think about that um, next week monday tuesday wednesday of next week they will serve over 10,000 families providing emergency food boxes and meals for thanksgiving it is a humbling thing to think about that many people just at the two locations the two main locations at st mary's food bank they had 1500 people go through there yesterday so I, you know, I, I am someone that believes in intentional giving, that believes we all can give something, whether it's money, talent, or time. I understand money is tight for people. All the more reason to be intentional with the way we do things and who we give to. So solutions as much as we talk about the problems, and hopefully it's a way that you can jump in and do that. It would be a great way for all of us next week to be able to say happy Thanksgiving and know that families are not going hungry on a day when we are celebrating such a bounty. So hopefully that's what we can do. Just about out of time. If you're new to the show again, thank you. Social media users, you can find me on Twitter at Broomhead KTAR. That's my personal account. If you read a comment or correspondence, that's from me. At Broomhead Show, we'll update you on all the things we do on the show, guests and otherwise. And then Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. Those are all the ways you can keep in touch with me between shows. It's always a pleasure to do that. We'll be back tomorrow morning, beginning just after 8 a.m. for another edition of the Mike Broomhead Show. So thanks for tuning in today for part of your day. I hope that you'll tune in tomorrow for part of it. Until then, have a great day, everyone. God bless.